Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Since we don't have sports right now, we're airing a lot of classic games here on 101 ESPN. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, it's 2018 World Series Game 3, that epic 18-inning game between the Red Sox and the Dodgers. And Dan Schulman had the call on ESPN Radio, and fittingly, Dan Schulman joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carricker, and it's always good to hear the voice of Dan Schulman. How are you this morning, sir? Uh, well, I'm doing very well, but I'm a little dismayed to hear you're going to carry that game because I was really sick that game and actually didn't finish the World Series, didn't make it to Game 5. I came down with something on the flight. Uh, it was funny. I was sitting beside somebody on the plane who was coughing. You know, you look at these things in a different light now, but was coughing from Boston to L.A., and I got off the plane, and somebody who I work with was sitting in front of me. And he said, man, I hope you're okay. And I went, ah, don't be silly. It's fine. And I got as sick as I've ever been. And if you're airing our broadcast, the ESPN radio broadcast, it's not my finest moment. And, of course, the game goes 18 innings, right? So when, when you're at your sickest and, like, the home run call is scratchy and terrible, so... I hope you guys still love me after you hear this podcast. Dan will always love you. And I remember I remember driving around that night and hearing your voice, and I must have gotten home and turned on the TV and didn't realize that uh, that you did not finish out. Has that ever happened to you at any other time? Uh, I've been sick twice. So in 2002, I believe it was right at the end of the regular season, I was in Anaheim, and again, I came down with some sort of a, I don't know what it was, and then uh, that one I couldn't talk for two or three days, but I had like three or four days between my last regular season game and my first playoff game, and I actually uh, got connected to the Angels team doctor. I just stayed in Anaheim because coincidentally I finished a game there and I was doing the playoffs there to start, and I went to see the Angels team doctor, and I don't know what he gave me, but i got to tell you, it worked, and it worked, it worked fast. Um, and, and then I had this time during the 2018 World Series. These are the only two times in 25, six years, whatever it's been. Um, but it, it still doesn't make me feel any better. Like having, you know, getting sick in the middle of the World Series, and, and people were really nice and sympathetic. You could see on Twitter and stuff like that, but I felt terrible about it. Well, Dan, we hope to hear you call in games soon. And we're reading all of the various reports about hopefully getting an announcement soon about baseball ramping up their plan, announcing firm dates for the hopefully inevitable return of baseball. And what we're reading has various alignment propositions, realignment propositions. In your opinion, do you think this is something that baseball is looking at saying, okay, this is something that we need to do in 2020 to get this up and running, and then we'll go back to what is, quote, normal once society returns to, quote, normal? Or do you think this is something that we could see where the way that this is aligned and the way that baseball is constructed, this could just be the future of the league? 
Uh, no, I, I think we'll eventually, let's assume next year things are relatively normal, uh, 2021, I mean. I, I think we'll go back to American League, National League, uh, the, the divisions as we know them. But this year, let's say we do those three 10-team divisions, which is one of the things they're talking about. You're going to have to have a universal DH. I think that's one thing that'll change. I think we could see a universal DH this year, and it might just stay uh, after that. Um, but other than that, I think we'll probably get back to pretty much the way uh, that baseball has been uh, as we've known it. But you know what? Anything is on the table. And if something works, then I think they're going to take a serious look at it. But, you know, the, uh, having an American League and having a National League is as you know deep a foundation as baseball has. And then we've all heard the talk about, you know, if they expand to 32 teams, there could be massive change, massive realignment. I do think that's going to be a consideration down the road, but I think it would be unlikely, Michelle, for it to happen next year. The great Dan Schulman with us on 101 ESPN. And, Dan, a lot of talk, and it seems like we're headed towards having spring training at home ballparks and playing games at teams' home ballparks. You are in Toronto. Will there be an issue with the border of Canada and the United States and the Blue Jays being able to get back and forth? That's an excellent question, Randy, and that's a, uh, that's a very, I don't know how many people south of the border, from my perspective, are considering that. So a uh, tip of the cap to you. I think the answer is a very strong uh, possibility of yes, absolutely, that you might have 29 teams playing in their home ballparks, and you might have the Blue Jays playing in Dunedin, Florida, their spring training home. Uh, I've heard even sharing uh, Tropicana Field with Tampa Bay, which I don't think works. I think you want every team to have its own clubhouse, its own uh, training facilities, its own offices where only their people have gone. Obviously, because if somebody gets infected, then you can contact trace and mitigate a little bit better. So uh, I think it's an excellent question. If you know, if the uh, Cardinals, who I think were supposed to come here this year for interleague play, if the Cardinals were to come to Toronto and you got a quarantine for 14 days, that obviously doesn't work. So uh, I think it's going to be case by case, but the Blue Jays uh, and the Toronto Raptors, if the NBA starts up again, not to mention the seven Canadian NHL teams, they're all going to be in a bit of a different situation. And the Blue Jays may be the one and only team that don't play uh, in their real facility if baseball gets going this year. Dan, as baseball's hopefully on the horizon, Randy, I, Randy and I have started revisiting some of the big storylines heading into the 2020 season, some things we were talking about in spring training, and none was really more prominent, especially on a national level, than the Houston Astros and their cheating scandal and the boos that they were getting from fans and the vitriol that other players around the league were you know, hauling at them. And Randy and I were talking in the break, and I don't wonder if, of course, there's not going to be fans in the stands, so they're not going to have to hear the boos, but if they kind of dodged a major bullet here because I wonder how many players are still really hanging on to that as we return to baseball and how many just want to get back to their daily lives and aren't going to necessarily be feeling those negative feelings towards the Astros. Well, I think it's a great point. I think because there are so many larger things going on in the world that people's energy or appetite for booing the Astros won't be quite as much. And as you say, there aren't going to be fans there anyway. And I would, I wouldn't think all season, um, even if we do get baseball, I'd be shocked if we see fans in the stands at all uh, at any point this season. And by the time next year rolls around, I, I think you're right. Uh, I think some people will have forgotten about it. They'll get booed a little bit, but I don't think it'll be 2% of what they would have gotten had there been a regular season this year. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure any Astro would say on the record, 
man, I'm glad this happened because it kind of gets us out of the crosshairs, but it, it does kind of get them out of the crosshairs, that's for sure. Dan, as we have watched baseball over the years, we've obviously seen dramatic change in what is expected from a starting pitcher. If we have a three-week spring training, we're going to see even a more dramatic change in what is expected of a starting pitcher, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're going to see expanded rosters. Um, so let's say there's no minor leagues this year. Uh, each team, whether the number's 40, 45, 50, I think they'll have a larger group of players available to them. Uh, and maybe some will be down at their spring training facilities. Maybe they'll all be in the major league city. I don't know. Uh, but the, the rosters will be expanded. So say you have 45 and, you, and you're allowed to put 30 of them on a, on a roster for any given game. Or you're allowed to um, designate, maybe it's only 25, but you, you have a pool of 30 or 32 you can pull from and another 15 or 20 down at your minor league system. Uh, and I think you're right, Randy. We're going to see all kinds of different things. Um, we're not going to see guys going seven innings at the beginning of the year. We might not see guys going seven innings at any point. I think we'll see a lot of piggybacking where you can bring in one guy for three or four innings and another guy for three innings, and then you get to your setup man and your closer if you've got the lead. I I think pitching staffs will be larger. I think uh, usage will be less even than we've come to know it in recent years. If I'm the Players Association, I don't want anybody getting hurt who's not supposed to get hurt, and uh, I think they're going to have to take care of people. It's going to be strange. It's not going to be baseball as we know it. In some ways, it'll probably... Uh, be lacking a little bit, but we'll all be so happy to have it back that we won't care uh, if if it's a 15-man pitching staff or six pitchers are in the game. It'll be interesting. I wonder if they keep the three-man, the three-batter rule in. Like the three-batter rule was was coming in. I, I don't, I'm not sure you can. They might have to push that off for one year. I, I think you've got to do uh, everything that you can to make sure that players can uh, can avoid injuries as best they can. And we just have to accept the best version of baseball that we can get if we get it because it beats the alternative. Dan, we've all been very locked into The Last Dance, ESPN's docuseries on Michael Jordan, especially in the absence of sports. It's been kind of the Super Bowl every weekend, everyone watching yeah. it. And ESPN announced that they are debuting some new 30 for 30s in the in the coming weeks. And one of those in June is going to be Long Gone Summer, which chronicles Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and that home run race. When you think about that time and that particular race and that moment in baseball history, what's something that comes to your mind or maybe a, sh- a story that you can share with us? Well, I I think about, uh, in hindsight, how naive I was, I guess. You know, I think we look at it differently, and I'm sure this feature will not shy away from the steroid angle. Uh, But I called a bunch of those games. I called several of of each of their home runs that year, and I don't remember going to the ballpark and saying to myself, well, this is tainted or I'm suspicious. And and maybe I was just naive or clueless, but I, I don't remember... That I don't remember thinking that in the moment. I know there were little whispers. I know there had been discussions, but I don't remember it being my dominant thought during that time. I just remember people going crazy, like crazy, watching highlights each and every night. Did he hit one? Did he hit one? And I did, I think, I want to say, I might be wrong here, but I, I think I did the Friday night game. The Cardinals finished at home that year, right? Um, they did. I think they're finally, yeah. I think I did the Friday night game of the last series. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I think I did the Friday night game. Um, and, and just remember you know, how hectic and exciting everything was within ESPN because plans were changing on the fly. We're going to pick up this game. We're going to pick up this game. We're going to send you here. 
we're going to send you there. And, and it was, you know, this went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. So uh, I'll be very interested to watch it to see how much I've forgotten. Uh, about what happened in 1998 and to see, you know, how it's looked upon now 22 years later and how differently than it was back then. And and, and I know, listen, I, I'm not saying there weren't other people, smarter people than me who were more up on this and what was really going on than I was. I just don't remember in the moment being that in tune with all the allegations that came out later. And, and in hindsight, obviously, I should have been. Hey, Dan, before we let you go, one of the things that I'm proud of is that I've had some interns, I've had some producers that have done uh, pretty well that that I've worked with. And uh, I thought it was very cool that you and Jay Billis got together yesterday for that discussion for young broadcasters to talk about the chemistry between a play-by-play man and his uh, his analyst. And you really do a great job of paying it forward for young broadcasters, and I want to commend you on that. Well, I appreciate that. It, it was first of all, it was really fun to do. Dave Gorin's a great guy, and um, you know, I told my wife when I went downstairs after I done. She said, "How was it?" I said, "Actually, it was great. Like these, we had fifty people on who had registered, and they all do what we do. Like so, the questions were excellent. I thought the discussion was excellent, um, and it was it was really nice to see. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned that because since yesterday, two of the people who were on there have emailed me. Uh, and I do a lot of it. I, I had a couple of people who really took an interest in me when I was 23, 24 years old, when I didn't know what I was doing. And from that moment on, and I guess I, I, I give credit to my parents for this, I guess, for, you know, instilling these kinds of values in, in, in me. Like I said, I, I will pay it forward to whoever asks. And there were three or four guys on there yesterday who I've already, you know, gotten to know. And a couple more emailed me yesterday. And you know, you, you try to help. All you can do is give, you know, the best feedback that you can give, whether it's positive or constructive. And I, I really enjoyed yesterday. I thought there were some great questions. And, you know, like Eric Reed, the voice of the Miami Heat, was on there. Matt LaPay, Wisconsin Badgers, was on there. West Durham from the ACC Network was on there. Like guys I've known for a long, long time and who have had great careers, too. And it, it was uh, it was really interesting just to hear everybody's questions and, and because we all do the same thing, right? It doesn't matter if we do it nationally, locally, radio, TV, college, pro. We all do the same thing, and, and I thought it was a really enjoyable conversation. I did it. Dan Schulman, it's always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. Stay safe, and hopefully we'll see you soon. All right. Same to you guys. Hope so.